so it's uh, it's just a great it's a great service for me tonight. Um, and I talked about mentorship, and in just a moment, I'm going to have Ashley. You know, Pastor Josh told you that you know he was the only child until Ashley come along, and then he had to share. And uh, so I have spiritual kids, and they have become like my uh, my flesh and blood. But Josh is my son. Ashley is my daughter, and so is Tiffany. And my grandbaby's on the way, and I can't wait for that. And uh, I'm excited to meet my grandbaby. And um, and Ashley's going to come, and, and I'm mentoring her, and she's going to uh, give a word to you in just a minute, and then she's going to pray. I let her do this when I go to uh, do a lot of women's conferences that I've done all over the nation. And so um, it's good for her to work through the nerves and just get up here and give a word. And she can flat preach, and she can flat pray. I'm telling you. And she's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom. And so I'm very proud of her. And I'm going to have her come in just a second, but I feel like I need to obey the Lord if that's okay with you. Pastor Josh, I need some anointing oil. And I felt like that the Spirit of God wants us to pray for Kaylee. Kaylee, I want you to come tonight. And I just, I know I prayed for you last night, babe, but I just feel that we need to anoint you with oil because the Bible said that you call the elders of the church, you anoint them with oil. And uh, the Lord will uh, raise, save the sick, and he will heal the sick. So I want to pray for you, Pastor Josh. Let's pray for her together. She's been having a lot of physical trouble. She's been in the hospital. She came, she told the nurses, she said, I got to get out of this hospital. I got to go to revival this week. And so, um, Kaylee... In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit, we anoint you with oil in obedience to the Word of God. Father, I come to you, Lord, and I ask you to touch my sister today. God, I pray that the healing virtue of Jesus Christ begin to flow from the very throne room of God into this physical body right now. I rebuke all inflammation. I rebuke every disease and every sickness, every every single foul spirit, every spirit of darkness that would try to hold her back. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit of infirmity, I command you to go. Leave this body in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that the healing oil that comes from Zion's hill will come to now to her body. Yeah. I speak to this esophagus and I say be healed in the name of Jesus. I speak to every cell in your body and I say be healed in the name of Jesus. Every organ, every ligament, every system Come in line with the word of God and be whole and be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I pray for Orlando and Christy as I lay my hands upon her tonight. That the healing virtue of Jesus Christ begin to flow in their bodies from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. God, I thank you for strength, that strength comes to them tonight. We can pray here and you can touch them in Kansas City. God, I pray that your strength, your strength come to them, Father. Your healing power come to them in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, that healing is the children's bread. And I thank you tonight that you heal this family. Heal this family. 
every bit whole in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you give God praise in this house tonight? Hallelujah. 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 You know, sometimes you just got to obey the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we just get that out of the way and we pray and this baby can be healed for the rest of the night. Amen. Will you welcome Miss Ashley Sharp up to the platform tonight? My spiritual daughter, she's got a word from the Lord from you tonight and I love her dearly. Here you go, baby. Good evening, Christ Point. We are so excited to be here with you guys this week and I just want to say you guys have an amazing church an amazing pastor, and an amazing worship team. You guys did a phenomenal job. And I also want to say to Pastor Josh and your staff, thank you for taking such good care of us. You guys are awesome. So how many of you are excited about revival this week? I believe that God is about to move in this place. And to revive means to bring to life again. So this reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood. She had been bleeding for 12 years. And according to Leviticus 17, 14, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So for 12 years, this woman had an issue that had literally been draining the life out of her. The doctors had done everything they could do. She was completely cut off from society, which meant no worship in the temple. No one could be around her. They couldn't touch her. So not only was she dealing with physical pain, she was dealing with emotional pain. Can you imagine how lifeless she probably felt? She was desperate, and she needed reviving. So when she heard about Jesus, she didn't care what she had to press through. She didn't care what was said about her. She didn't care how people responded or how hard it was going to be for her to get there. All she knew was she had to get to Jesus. So she pressed through. She pressed through the crowd. She pressed through the pain. She pressed through the weakness. She pressed through the impossible because she knew that just one touch from Jesus could change her life. When she got to Jesus, did she just bump into him? No, she reached out in faith and she touched him on purpose. You see, there's a difference between a touch of faith and a bump of indifference. She touched him with faith and immediately she was healed. What looked like death was instantly brought to life. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. That meant the issue that said you're unclean was no more. The issue that said you're inadequate was no more. The issue that said you're alone was no more. The issue that said there's no hope was no more. The issue that said you're not enough was no more. What had tormented her body and her mind for 12 years was no more. She was no longer the woman with the issue of blood. She was now a daughter of the Most High, a daughter of the King. You see, God revived her both both physically and spiritually. So I don't know what issue you're facing tonight. It may not be an issue of blood. Maybe it's a physical issue, a financial issue, an issue with your kids, your spouse, or your job. But whatever it may be, it doesn't matter how impossible it looks, 
how long it's been there, how long it's tried to torment you, or how long it's tried to define you. Your identity is not found in the issue. Your identity is found in the one who created you, and he calls you son, and he calls you daughter. So it's time to be like the woman with the issue of blood. It's time to press through. It's time to press through your problem. It's time to press through your fa- your pain because we serve a God who still brings the dead back to life. We serve a God who can bring revival to your home, your family, and your job. So Christ point, I believe that if you press into him this week, you're about to see God move in your situation. How many of you believe that? Let's pray. Father, tonight we come to you in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you in advance for what you're about to do in this place. We choose to press through every problem. We choose to press into you in faith because, God, we believe that you're still a God that does miracles. I ask, Father, that you bring life to every dead situation. I take authority over every distraction. I take authority over every lie of the enemy that would hinder your people from receiving from you. And I command it to go in the name of Jesus. We shake off tiredness. We shake off worry. We shake off every problem and distraction. And Father, we set our hearts and our minds on you. We open our hearts and we open our ears to receive everything that you have for us. Father, I thank you for revival in this church, revival in the lives of these people, those who are here and those who are watching online. God, we ask you to come and have your way in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Good job, babe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe we got a preacher in the making. What do you think? Amen. I'm proud of her. Shannon, you snuck in on me tonight, and I'm so glad that you're here, and I love you very much. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Turn in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. We're going to begin to read in verse... One, and we're going all the way to 10, if you'll indulge me tonight. Ezekiel chapter 37, 1 through 10, and I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version because it's the only version that God ever created. (laughs) I'm just teasing. (laughs) I read out of all of them. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. He caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. 
So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Can these bones live? Father, we come before you once again in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you that you have met us here already tonight. And Father, I thank you for your word, for your word, God, will never pass away. I thank you, Father, that you anoint the reading of the word, but I ask for a ministry of the word, where the Spirit of God brings a rhema from the logos, where the Spirit of God gives us a quickening word to our situation. So, Father, I pray that the seed of the word of God would settle into the hearts of men and women and boys and girls tonight, and that that seed would bring forth fruit, and that fruit would remain all the days of their lives. Father, I ask you for an unction, because I cannot preach until the preacher comes. I cannot pray until the prayer comes. Father, we do nothing unless you come. So, Father, we just ask that you come by your spirit and your power, and you move on behalf of your people and the people of God said, Amen. So in our text, the prophet Ezekiel had a vision from the Lord. Now this was no ordinary vision. This vision was significant. And at the time of this visitation, the restoration or resurrection of Israel was very far from a possibility. You see, their state had been destroyed, their king had been captured and blinded and carried away to Babylon to die. Thousands upon thousands of people had been slaughtered, and the heart of their nation had been destroyed, and the holy temple of God had been plundered and burned. No language could adequately describe how dead and hopeless the situation was for Israel. And it was in the middle of such a trying time that God sets the prophet Ezekiel right down in the middle of the valley of dry bones. Now tonight I want you to walk with me on this journey in this valley of dead bones as we discover the answer to the question Can these bones live? Look at your neighbor and say, can these bones live? Ezekiel said in verse 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Say that with me tonight. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Say it again. The hand 
of the Lord was upon me. Now I want you to know tonight that if the hand of the Lord ain't upon you, you can't see dry bones. If the hand of the Lord ain't upon you, you'll see abortion and you'll call it a choice. If the hand of the Lord ain't upon you, you'll see homosexuality and you'll call it a lifestyle. Or you'll see gender dysphoria and you'll think that it's a preference. You see, if the hand of the Lord ain't upon you, you will see foolishness and call it wisdom. You'll see darkness and you'll call it light. But when the hand of the Lord is upon you, then you begin to see things as they really are. Amen? In our text, we see three things about this, about the bones in this valley. First of all, we see that these bones were disgraced. Because in ancient, in the ancient Near East, an unburied corpse with exposed remains was a shocking disgrace to the dead. And these bones were laying on the surface of the valley like the remains of corp uh, of the corpses were denied a proper burial these remains were left for sca- scavenging buzzards and an israelite especially a priest ezekiel knew how important it was for the proper treatment of human corpses you see these bones and these bodies were disgraced Second, we see that these bones were many. The bones that laid across the valley floor weren't just a few bones scattered here and a few bones scattered there. But the Bible says that the bones were enough to make up an entire army. Now that's a lot of bones. So not only were these bones disgraced, Not only were there very many bones, but we also see that they were very dry. So not only was this valley full of bones, but the Bible is very specific to say that this valley was full of dry bones. You see, apart from their presence in a living body, bones are dead. And dry bones are not only dead, but dry bones have been dead a long time. And you see, bones are the only thing that remains when life has passed. If something never had life, then it wouldn't leave bones. And in the valley of dry bones, there is no life. In the valley of dry bones, there is no vision. In the valley of dry bones, there are no dreams because everything is dead. And when the preacher looked around him in the valley, all he saw was death. Have you ever been there, my friends? There are times in our life when we look around and all we see is death. Churches are dying. Ministries are dying. Businesses are dying. Marriages are dying. The thing that once lived and the thing that once thrived is now dying on the vine. You see, there's teaching, but there's no passion. 
There's preaching, but there's no unction. There's singing, but it only falls to the ground. And empty hands are laid on empty heads, and there is no change. You see, ministries have become clouds with no water and trees with no fruit, twice dead and plucked up. But I've come all the way from Kentucky tonight to let you know that the valley of dry bones that you find yourself living in tonight is not the place that you will be for long because we're going to journey in the valley and we're going to come up shouting come on somebody in this place shout hallelujah so just as God brought Ezekiel face to face with death I believe that God is bringing us face to face with the dead things in our lives tonight you see it's a blessing to know when something's dead it's a blessing to know when things are not right. Why? Because if you can admit that something is dead, then you know that resurrection is possible. I said, if you can admit that something is dead, then you know that resurrection is possible. They say the first thing and the first step to uh, solving a problem is number one, to identify the problem. In AA, they teach you that in order for an alcoholic to get sober, he must first admit he's an alcoholic. Why? Because you can never confront what you're unwilling to face. An alcoholic will never begin to get sober if they are in constant denial that they have a problem. And the same thing rings true for every area in our lives. If we can't admit that our churches are dead, then our churches can never experience a resurrection. If we can never admit that our ministries are dead, then our ministries can never experience a resurrection. And the same rings true with our businesses, our relationships, with our marriage, with our money, and with our health. You see, you'll never seek to solve the problem as long as you are in denial that it even exists. And if we aren't careful, we'll become expert excusiologists. We'll begin to excuse away the things that are dead in our lives instead of staring them straight in the face and know what they are and asking God to bring about a resurrection. You see, there comes a time when we have to admit there is a problem. Do you remember Adam and Eve when they were in the garden? It was, it was Adam who made excuses for their sins by trying to cover them up and trying to play the blame game. But there came a time when God entered the garden and he called out, Adam, where art thou? Now was God trying to really find out where Adam was? No, God knew exactly what he was doing. He was making Adam come face to face with that very thing that he was dealing with. Now listen, tonight I don't have all the answers. I can't tell you why churches are dying. I cannot tell you why ministries and businesses and relationships are dead. But I do know that the first step with things getting better is to admit they're dead. There's an old saying that said, if the horse is dead, dismount. But you see, tonight I don't believe that dismounting is always the answer. I don't believe that leaving is always the answer. 
I don't believe that bankruptcy or divorce is always the answer. And I certainly don't believe that giving up is always the answer. But I do believe that resurrection is possible with God. And I hear the spirit of the living God begin to ask the question tonight to us in this building. Can these bones live? You see, the funny thing about God is that he never asks a question without knowing the answer. Can you imagine if you were Ezekiel? Can you, were, can you imagine if you were standing in the biggest accumulation of the deadest, driest bones that they were stretching out as far as the eye could see and God asks you that question? Can these bones live? Ezekiel was brilliant. He was no dummy. He returns the ball back into God's court and he says, Oh Lord God, thou knowest. You see, he knew that the only sovereign God, the God who is the God of the living, the God who is the source of life, only he could answer such a question. And Ezekiel had no hope in the bones. But he had hope in God. He didn't presume to know what God wanted to do with the bones, but he was comfortable with the thought that a living God, an alive God, a sovereign God would know what to do. Somebody asked Job a question and he replied, I know that my Redeemer liveth and he shall stand upon the earth in the last day. And later on, Job began to say, for there is hope for a tree. If it's cut down, it will sprout again. And that its tender shoots shall not cease. Though the root may grow old in the earth, and the stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water, I said yet at the scent of water, it will bud and it will bring forth branches like a plant. I'm telling you tonight that I smell the scent of water in the house. I said I smell the scent of water in the house. I believe that water is the word of God. And I believe that the word of God is about to produce some life in this place. I said I believe that the word of God is about to produce some life at this place. He said yet at the scent of water I will bud and bring forth the branches like a plant. And later on, Isaiah echoed the same sentiments of Job when he recorded the words from God himself, who said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For the rains come down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but it waters the earth, and it makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And he said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. He said, it won't return unto me void, but it'll accomplish that which I please. And I in it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. I believe the word of God will bring the dead to life. And I believe the word of God will bring the rains to a dry valley full of dead bones. Can these bones live? 
Verse 4 said, again, he said unto me, prophesy to these bones. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, God doesn't leave Ezekiel to his own ruin. But he tells Ezekiel exactly what to say. God said, Ezekiel, you prophesy to the bones and you tell them, O ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. And I believe just like Ezekiel, that we need to begin to open our mouth and begin to prophesy the word of God into the dead things in our lives. We need to begin to prophesy the word of the Lord to the dead churches. We need to prophesy the word of the Lord to the dead marriage and to that dead business. We need to begin to prophesy the word of the Lord to the dead ministry. And if you're sick, you need to begin to prophesy the word of God to your sick body. If you're broke, begin to prophesy the word of God to your bank account. Why? Because the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the is dividing asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow and it's a discerner and the thoughts of the intents of the heart you see this ain't no dead dry word that we preach this is no dead dry word that we prophesy it is a living and powerful word it is a quickening word and it is God's word and God's word is the only thing that non-living things can hear I said God's word is the only thing that non-living words can hear. You see, Lazarus was dead in the tomb until Jesus opened his mouth and said, Lazarus, come forth. And I know tonight that there are millions of dead, dry bones in the earth today, scattered all over this globe. But one day, those dead, dry bones are going to hear the sound of the trumpet, and they're going to hear the shout of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise and remain we that remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and we will meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord I've come to tell you tonight you got to stop your crying you got to stop your prying and you got to stop your trying the dead things that are in your life can come alive I said any dead thing in your life can come alive so I've come to tell you tonight quit arguing with your spouse and begin to prophesy in your home stop trying to fix your kids and begin to prophesy the word of God stay up all night if you have to stop arguing with everybody quit worrying and arguing and fretting about everything coming and going and it's time to prophesy quit talking it to death and start prophesying the word of God quit fighting and begin to pray and begin to prophesy the word of God you see we've got to stop trying to fix it and we need to begin to prophesy to it and say oh ye dry bones hear the word of the Lord can somebody shout into God tonight hallelujah now you see God didn't ask the man of God to go through the valley and to put the bones back together on his own we don't see Ezekiel running around the boneyard trying to figure out what ankle bone goes with what shin bone you see Ezekiel couldn't have done it if he tried He didn't know the pieces that needed to be put into place. He didn't know which bone belonged to which body. 
And too many people tonight are trying to work things out themselves without God's help. They're trying to put bones back together. They're going through the dead things of their life and they're trying to put this bone to that bone. They're trying to fix their marriages on their own. They're trying to fix their kids on their own. They're trying to grow their churches on your own. But the Bible said, but except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. People are trying to put their businesses back together on their own. You see, they're crying, they're trying, and they're prying. But Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you don't try and you don't stop trying to put things together on your own and working it out on the on your own, then you will be like the disciples when Jesus met them on the shore. And Jesus said, I want you to launch out into the deep. But they said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But you see, when Jesus began to get involved, I said, when Jesus... Jesus began to get involved. Their nothing became something. Can I hear a shout of praise in this house tonight? Oh, ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. As we go back to our text in verse 5. He said, thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. You see here God begins to speak through the prophet and tell the dead dry bones what he is about to do. God said I will cause breath to enter into you and you will live. God said, I'm going to lay sinews upon you and I'm going to bring flesh upon you. I'm going to cover you with skin and I'm going to put the breath in you and you shall live. And then he said, and you shall know that I am the Lord. You see, all the efforts of man could never have assembled them bones together. All the efforts of man could not have changed one single thing about the dead in that boneyard. You see, man will mess it up every time. Man will put a femur with somebody else's shin. He would have put somebody's ankle bone with another person's elbow. And that's exactly what we look like when we're trying to fix things on our own apart from God. We're running around the boneyard trying to figure out what goes where. And if we're not careful we're going to mess the whole thing up because we don't know the end from the beginning. But I know one who is seated high and I know one that looks down low and God is mindful of every dead thing in our lives and it will be God and it will be God alone who brings a resurrection to the dead things of your life. Why? So that no man will be able to glory in him. No man will be able to glory in the flesh. We won't be able to say of this resurrection that I did this thing with my own hand because we are finite but God is infinite we are weak but God is strong and apart from him we can do nothing hear the word of the Lord O Zerubbabel it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by my spirit says the Lord of hosts praise the name of God Tonight with revelation comes responsibility. Ezekiel didn't just hear the word from the Lord, but 
Ezekiel had to do something about it. It's one thing to be a hearer of the word. It's another thing entirely to be a doer of the word. In verse 7, he said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, he said, there was a noise and behold a shaking. And the bones came together bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Ezekiel said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. The old prophet was obedient in what God told him to do. And we know that obedience always precedes the blessing. Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded. It was the supernatural power of God to God's response, to man's response, to God's initiative. You see, God initiates something. Then man begins to respond in faith and obedience to God. Then God responds to man's faith into what he initiated to begin with. Too many people are prophesying instead of prophesying. Too many people are prophesying things that God never spoke. But Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded. In other words, he didn't prophesy according to his mind. He didn't prophesy according to his own feelings and his own desires. He didn't even prophesy according to the approval of others. But he said, I prophesied as I was commanded. And when he prophesied as he was commanded, the Bible said that there was a noise and there was a shaking. The bone came, the bones came back together just as they were supposed to, bone to bone. You see, Ezekiel was not responsible for putting the bones back together. Ezekiel was only responsible to obey the Lord and prophesy the word of the Lord to the dead bones. And as he did, God did something for Ezekiel that Ezekiel could have never done. I'm telling you tonight, if you begin to speak the word over the dead things in your life, I believe if you begin to prophesy, thus saith the Lord, and you begin to say what God's word says about your dead situation, I believe you're going to hear a rattling. I believe you're going to hear a shaking. And I believe that you'll see situations turn around and things will work out for you that you'll never have to touch, that you'll never have to handle, You, but you've got to open up your mouth and use your delegated authority and prophesy the word of God. Again, this is no dead word that we speak. Jesus said the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Romans 8 and 11 says, but if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by the spirit that dwells in you. You see, we speak, but the spirit of God does the quickening. 
I said, we speak, but it is the spirit of God that does the quickening. John 6, 63 said, it is the spirit that quickeneth because the flesh profits nothing. Even Ephesians chapters two says, and you hath he quickened. And later on, he said, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he has quickened us up together. I could go on to read Colossians 2, 1 Peter 1, Psalm 119, and many more scriptures, but time won't permit me tonight. But my point here is this, that Ezekiel prophesied as he he was commanded, and if you do the prophesying, the Holy Ghost will do the quickening. I said, if you will do the prophesying, the Holy Ghost will do the quickening. You can't make it happen on your own. You can't quicken situations. You cannot quicken your finances. And you cannot quicken your children or your marriage. But the Holy Ghost of God can. And the Spirit of God can go in and do what you cannot do. But you've got to give Him something to work with. You've got to give Him the Word. Because the Spirit of God will quicken the Word. That's good preaching tonight. Amen. I feel it in my bones tonight. (laughs) Verse 9 says, Then he said unto me, Prophesy to the wind, and say to the wind, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So far, we see that the dead bodies are raised up. God's brought the armies to their feet. They've got flesh. They've got sinew. They've got skin. But they weren't breathing. There was no life. There's a difference in looking like you're alive and actually being alive. And at this point, these bodies look just like Adam when he was in the garden. God fashioned him out of the earth. And Adam had a form, but he had no life. And in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible said that God breathed into his nostrils the bread of life and man became a living soul. And that's what God told Ezekiel to do. He said, prophesy to the wind. Oh breath, breathe upon these slain that they may live. God was telling Ezekiel, it will be the breath of the Almighty that brings it back to life. You see, the Word of God is the product of the divine breath of God. For 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, the Bible is God-breathed. And that's why when you begin to prophesy the Word of God to the dead things in your life, that you'll receive a resurrection because the Word is alive. And I've come to prophesy to you tonight, though they may have rejected you, you will recover. Though they may have written you off, you will recover. Though they may have laughed you to scorn, I'm telling you, baby, you're going to recover. And how do I know? I know because the Word of God said, if God be for you, then who can be against you? The Word of God said, He'll call upon me and I'll answer Him. And I'll be with Him in trouble. And God said, I will deliver Him and I will honor Him. The Word Word of God says no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that's going to rise up against you they will be condemned because this is the heritage of the 
servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, says God. Not only will you recover, but I prophesy that you're coming back to life and that you're going to feel hope begin to arise from the inside of your being. For Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you and plans to give you a hope and a future. I'm talking about prophesying the word of God tonight. I prophesy that your prayer life is coming back. I prophesy that your influence is coming back. That you're a light to the world and a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. I prophesy to you tonight that your prosperity and favor and the blessing of the Lord is coming back to life. For you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. Your leaf will not wither and whatsoever you do will prosper. I prophesy peace. I prophesy peace to your home. I prophesy peace to your body. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives give unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid because the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about prophesying tonight and I prophesy the word of God over you. I prophesy the word of God over your children. I prophesy the word of God to your children's children. I prophesy healing to your body because he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, I said with his stripes, ye are healed. Peter looking back to the cross said ye were healed. I prophesy to this church that this church will have effective impact in the ministry. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you begin to breathe the breath of God upon Christ's point. Because they shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon them. There'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria. There'll be witnesses in Galena and Joplin and the four corners of this state area. Oh, everybody under the sound of my voice, I speak to the heaven above your head and I speak to the earth beneath your feet and I call them to witness this night that the dead things of your life are going to begin to come alive again. And as you prophesy the word of the Lord, I said as you prophesy the word of the Lord, the dead things are going to come to life. Oh, we give you glory Jesus we give you glory I prophesy that your marriage is coming back to life because the Bible said I am my beloved's and his desire is toward me the Bible said that many waters cannot quench love neither can the floods drown it oh I prophesy to your family that the confidence and strength flood the hearts of the lovers of God who live in awe of him and their devotion provides their children with a place of safety and a place of 
security. I prophesy that our children will serve the Lord and future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. I'm here to ask you tonight, by faith will you stand to your feet? By faith will you begin to praise your God? And I ask you this question by the Spirit of God, can these dead bones live? I said, can these dead bones live? And I hear the reply from the faithful of God. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Open up your mouth and begin to declare the word of God over the dead things in your body. I want you to begin to prophesy, oh, ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Say it with me. Oh, ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. I said, oh, ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Glory be to the Lamb of God. Glory be to the Lamb of God. I declare that Christ's point, this is a new season and a new day. I declare to this church that this church will be a church of fire. That this church will be a place of the Spirit of God moving. I declare and I prophesy that Christ's point will be a place of signs and miracles and wonders. I prophesy that the former rain and the latter rain will come together and that the rains of God will begin to take away everything that the canker worm began to destroy. Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. My Lord and my God tonight, I don't know about you, but if I was you and you have something in your life that's dead and the spirit of God has begun to deal with you in your inner man and you know that there's things in your life that are dead and dry, I wouldn't stand there another minute, but I would run to the altars tonight and I would cry out to God and say, God, I need a resurrection. God, I need some power back in my life. I need my marriage fixed. I need my finances fixed. I need my ministry fixed, Lord.